0: the ground game. we've actually built the practices that people
1: aspire to create. History will prove one of us correct. Wait, 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 wait. You're not letting me finish, bro. This is how you become bulletproof. Okay, everybody, bulletproof. we are now live. Craig has a level 10 energy. I can see it.
0: Uh Yeah, I'm feeling re- I'm jumping out of my skin, Pete, is really what it is.
1: Jay is with us. He's the VP for Sunbit, and we brought him on because we're going to talk about... uh all the all the narratives he gets to hear about sitting in the position he does at Sunbit, and Sunbit has come on the on the scene in dentistry. Maybe it's been there a long time, but I feel like I went to a conference and I never saw y'all, and then all of a sudden I went there and it was like just Sunbit, everything, giant, giant, you know, tables and involvement and like look how easy. And I was even compelled. Um, and so so Jay, welcome to the Bulletproof Pod. I want to thank you guys for being big sponsors of our last summit. You guys had a busy table you know people who are uh people who haven't been exposed to you guys or are using the other the other competitors in your market in our market um i always say jay reduce the friction when people are trying to give you money and you guys have created what seems to be the least frictionable way to to get patients uh to enroll uh, when it comes to finances so i i will say that it's just not another <laughs> repeat product in our industry that's trying to say hey we're different it actually was different when i went through it and i was like holy cow 30 seconds now you're speaking my language for an approval right with a driver's license scan reduce the friction in the chair um but that's not what we're going to talk about today even though that is a great unique sales usp <laughs>
0: you know we're, we this is this is going great because um larry and i can be the the best guest listener let's 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 larry let Jay, sorry, sorry, uh, I'm sorry. Let what the la- the last name. That's what it was.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, no. So, <laughs> Jay, you haven't been able to speak yet because I haven't let you. And now Craig is making fun of my monologue. So, no, I tell thought it was good. Me, um, I actually liked it. Tell me, tell me, tell me real quickly where you sit when I, because I referenced that where you sit on in Sunbit uh, to have the optics that you do.
2: Sure. So I started. I've been with Sunbit for since the beginning. So about six and a half years or so we only had like 30 merchants. Now we have about 21,000, so kind of meteoric growth. About three and a half years ago, I started the dental practice, literally knocking on the door of a group in California, trying to understand if there's a market, uh, did a lot of validation, built, helped build the product, um, rolled it out. And obviously with the help of many, many others, um, we've grown to over 11,000 locations in dental, so I manage the the dental division uh, sales team to uh, really grow and and build and try to make as many practices and individual practitioners super happy. That's Let me give me, me your breakdown
1: day. of group practices percentage of your market penetration, uh, group practices versus like solo practitioners. What would you say the the division of, of sure. your eleven thousand?
2: So. In terms of DSO groups, and we kind of consider that two plus locations. Everyone, of course, has a little bit sure, sure. different definition. But we're at about 800 Sorry, uh, DSOs to date. So <laughs> when, when you look at when you look at the the split, it's probably it's probably seventy five, probably seventy percent groups. Thirty okay. percent individual practitioners, I would
0: say. Hey Jay, I just wanted to let you—the insult not to fall on deaf ears. He Peter just took a little cheap shot at me because he said, "You know, I call you know larger practices more than one location just because optically I have one location is larger." So I just wanted, <laughs> I just wanted you to know, Jay, we weren't giggling at what you said. It was just well, as that's fine. You Peter, could Peter my If little- you've ever seen the movie Step Brothers, that's kind of how we we act. <laughs> yeah, Jay, have you seen our podcast before?
2: I I've seen a couple. Okay, uh, okay. I did so see you know a couple on YouTube, I'm... so yeah, yeah, I knew what I was in for. Oh,
0: good, good. Yeah, we apologize in advance, by the way. Well, Just okay. a quick question: prior to uh, six and a half years ago, before Sunbit, where were you? What's life before Sunbit look like for Jay?
2: So I had a software company, a parental control software company, which I sold, um, which dealt with um, trying to prevent um, bad information, um, you know, pictures, images, text from getting to kids. So, you know, against, um, you know, pornography, you know, mm. guns, material, things like that. Kind of, Doing God's work there,
1: That's awesome.
2: Well, you try, you try to do as best as you can. It's, it was, it was a great experience. I, I had it for, uh, about four years before I sold it. Good for you.
0: So, so no dental prior to Sunday, huh? Uh,
2: yeah. Other than going to the dentist, yeah. nothing. I mean, what I kind of specialized in throughout my career was kind of, Taking unstructured uh, situations, companies, divisions, and building processes, and putting them in hyper growth mode. So, some bit, that, thats what really appealed to me when I started at Summit, which, by the way, was before we even thought about getting into dental. We we were mainly in auto dealerships when I when I started. Really? Just a few. Yeah.
0: So, what what have you learned now that you've had six and a half years of working with dentists, dental offices, DSOs, p- private equity? What, what's been a couple of the takeaways that you've learned?
2: I mean, I could probably write a book and I probably should. Um, you should. Probably should. Everyone is writing a book I should too. But um, I would say it's such a unique... First of all, no one ever thinks of dentistry as an industry. right? I, I, never, I never thought of that. I mean, I always went to a kind of a sole practitioner dentist, did my thing every six months and that's it. I never thought that there's... In actual industry, there's groups of 10, 20, 50, 100 that are out there. So that's, I think, the first thing. Like, it really opened my eyes to dentistry being a huge industry. Uh, I think that's the first thing. I think the second thing what I noticed is there could be a lot better technology adoption in dentistry than there currently is. This was, like, going three and a half years ago. I mean, there's so many different point. There's so many different things happening. You have the office staff, you have the patients coming in, you have appointments being made. There's there's clinical diagnoses occurring. There's actual work being performed in the back, follow up. And what we saw when I started kind of going around these offices is like everything was paper. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I just didn't understand it because in most industries that I dealt with since like the mid nineties, everything is kind of being digitized. But I think obviously that's slowly changing or maybe quickly changing. So that's, I think, probably the, the the second takeaway. And the third one and biggest one, and kind of one of the reasons that's very interesting for some of it is, I walked into an office, this was probably like the third or fourth office I was in. I'll never forget. I went to, um, it was in um, Pico Rivera, which is kind of um, in South LA. And I went just to observe an office. And someone walked in, And they went to the back room to get a, you know, full oral, you know, comprehensive exam. And then like five minutes later, they came out. And just being curious, I asked the woman, I said, you know, what happened there? Because I'm just trying to learn a little bit. She said, well, uh, they told me that I needed four or five things. I said, okay. And I said, well, what happened? And she's like, well, it was too expensive. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, so so what are you doing now? And she had like a broken retainer. It was kind of a, a bit of a sad case. She said, well, I just can't afford it. I'm like, "Who? I think we may have something here. And then I will go to office after office after office. And the doctor, the dentists, the office staff, um, the patient coordinators would tell me the same thing, that there's so many people that they would like to help that they simply up till now haven't been able to help. So I think those are kind of the three things that that I think it kind of a big kind of the headline is like there's a big affordability gap.
0: Yeah, I think it's also a language gap too, in that when you go to um, the dentist, they tend to tell you maybe a 10 year plan in one lump sum. sum. And when you go to buy a car, they give you a car that could be a five or 10 year car in a monthly payment. So the way we present our fees, you don't walk into, you know, no one cares about what the actual car costs. They care that it's $285 a month or $350 a month. So, you know, whereas like clear aligners could be $6,000, that's how it's presented. It should be presented at $250 a month. So everybody cares about their monthly payment. So I think it's a training on the dentist, not so much um, it's the industry and we're trained to, to tell people the cost and not the monthly payment. So I think that's a big problem too.
1: I think that's a paradigm shift of right. Like. Well, the treatment planning software, right? Our patient management software spits it out and says, well, your treatment plan costs $6,000 and you slot and, and the, the, the person in your team who doesn't have the right presentation training slides that over and, and looks at them. And to your point, Jay, the person gets up and says, well, all right, I, I, I gotta go. I can't. Oh, I, well,
0: there's I no go. conversation. It's right? binary. Yeah. And there's 10,000 10, or nothing. Can.
1: And
2: so and, and you've just and you've just embarrassed embarrassed is where i was the talking. patient and it's also not fun for the staff either not fun i fun mean, for anybody
1: no one wants a terrible, name, right and so reduce the friction of of paying and craig you've always said the analogy right present in terms of the monthly because we live in a monthly economy and i mm-hmm. that's if that is the blessing of of you guys coming in an industry which i think you've done a far better job than the predecessors the cares and the whatever's of the world I think you guys have done a far better job of helping our teams break it down really quickly and help present in terms of, of digestible monthly payments. And you know, I'm not using the word digestible is not the word I'm looking for, but you get what I'm trying to say, yeah. right? Like uh, something that works within their lifestyle, right? That it can be comprehensive yeah. treatment that actually works for their life. And, and that's, dentistry. yeah. And that's doing well, more dentistry is right. That's ultimately the goal, right? Fixing, yeah. serving people. Right. Allowing the team to be busy and the practice to stay healthy and the patient gets healthy. Like that's the triple win.
0: Pete, if you think about the things that last, you know, we treat dentistry as a consumable, like a night at a hotel or a dinner. Mm -hmm. Dentistry, even poor dentistry is going to last you seven, eight, nine years. Good dentistry, 10, 12, 15. I mean, how many times should you have to do orthodontics? It could be a lifetime result. Mm -hmm. So the fact is you're going to get a lifetime of straight teeth for $6,000, it should be broken down into a more, um, a, a payment plan that represents its length. You don't get a months, payment plan for dinner, but you get yeah. a payment plan for the house because you're gonna live in it for five to 10, 15 years. You're gonna get a payment plan for a car because it's it's meant to be depreciated of a long time. Mm-hmm. Dentistry has a long depreciation cycle. So as such, it's just the payment is not correlated to its depreciation, its useful life.
1: Jay, do you see more people, more DSOs, integrating this quicker than private practices or is it about the same uh, acceleration? Is that the same?
2: It's quicker. It's quicker on the DSO side, I think, because. Why do you think that is? And I've been asked this before and I can only speculate, but I I think it's because like if you have three or four locations, right. You've Mm -hmm. already had one location and you've kind of graduated to two, you've graduated to three, the larger you get, I think, the more financial acumen you kind of need. Got it. And I think as you get to four, six, right. eight, ten, twelve, 10, 12, you really understand that there's a ton of patients that would love to do the treatment that you're recommending, but just need a little bit of help. So I think when you're a single practice, although again, we have a lot of single practices that do a ton of financing and great for them. But I would say on the whole, the uptake is much more on the DSO side, but I will say this since I would say post pandemic, since interest rates have been rising, we see significant usage increases across the board okay. because obviously, I mean, people have, you know, it's getting affordability, again. people have less discretionary income to spend and they're looking for ways in which they can kind of, you know, do bite-sized payments for for not just dentistry but for many things
1: you know our ethos at bulletproof really is like you know the whole term bulletproof is because craig and i are passionate about the you know the cottage industry or helping the practitioner who wants to stay independent stay independent in an age of consolidation i always tell people you know there's there's clues that that some of the most savvy business people are doing and and they're not typically in the industry they're not dentists anymore they are now some of the dsos so do not bring a knife to a gunfight if that's something that you know metaphorically speaking if it's a battle right i always like to play we just had a podcast on the, the roman empire uh i dropped that <laughs> in so <of> course, I'm <laughs> in it my... wasn't entirely on the roman empire well yeah. that's right but it had some it had some fun outro of that um and so there was another group that we brought on um called patient prism which i you know i was asking mm-hmm, the, sure. the founder and i said hey you know he's like well mainly my clients are, are dso people and he's like i just can't seem to get you know, the private practitioner to do it. And I'm like, God, this is so when I was introduced to it, I was like, God, this is such a no-brainer. I was like, we have to get this in front of more in people who were want to, you know, individual entrepreneurs who want to grow their practice and stay their practice or keep bulletproof and right. And I think it's you know, that's kind of our battle cry, uh, Jay. So I just I don't know where I'm going with that, other than I would love to see more awareness be brought because it's such an easy adoption. Or Sunbit to be brought into the team. Likes, sure. You reward what genius thing you guys did. Maybe you can talk about this real quick. You guys for actually sure. reward the team for their adoption of the technology. So it's not bestowed that 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 responsibility is not bestowed on the doctor. Like, don't you guys you guys reward the team for uh, like the individual team member?
2: Yeah, we we have correct. So we have what we call Sun Beast Rewards, which is basically a mechanism that is really an appreciation program for the office staff. And the idea is pretty simple. We are looking for a behavioral change with the office staff because Mm -hmm. either there's two options, either they haven't used financing before, or they've used it in the past 25, 30 years and been heavily disappointed or bamboozled by whatever they've used. So it's it's very much um, a behavioral change that they have to make. So what we do is we provide really appreciation to the office staff, and they get points, and they can trade in those uh, points for various rewards. So it's great for the office staff, it's great for the practice, clearly, uh, and great for us. So it, it works real well. And you know, we have an app on with it, and you can track your points. And you know, the the best person in the Atlanta you game, area, you
1: gamify it, which is like, hello, yeah, right. And there's yeah. some, there's some, which is awesome. And I just think. I think it's cool you guys thought outside the box where I'm going is because usually the rewards are reliant on the dentist, then bestowing them right. Based on something sure. you guys are saying, like, "Hey, dentist, you're good. You're going to be good through more treatment. Let the team be rewarded through X, Y, and Z. And we'll take care of that. I think that, I just thought that was a cool cooperative.
2: And the, and the dentists love it. And the yeah, dentists absolutely love it because they love now They always love taking care of their staff, but they also love it when someone else is paying for that. So that's, that's, uh, that's,
1: that's my point. Yeah, <laughs> That's my point um the um craig do you have anything on on that
0: no i mean uh i'm just happy that we have a uh you know the immediacy i think is the most important thing the friction of of doing the third party financing is is a major pain point so the fact that there's less friction is is obviously the thing that's most sticky to me it's cool to know about that competitive and rewards gamified system do you have
1: do you have recourse on your loans and maybe not using the right, you're shaking your no, head. No, this is, this no, is no, why no. I went on a hunt for something because I had a scenario and I can just say the name because it's, it's, it's always factual. You can, if it's factual, you can talk about the company. Care credit, my, I had a patient who, who had applied for care credit. Um, they ended up refuting the treatment without, and something happened. This was, again, this is 10 years ago, right? They refuted the treatment and care credit sided with unbeknownst to me the patient and they went in and just extracted the money back out of my account right that was the recourse and again i'm not unpacking this very well but and jay maybe you can tell me that the terminology of the thing they use but i was like this is complete bullshit, right there, there, there shouldn't be like the judge and jury shouldn't just rest on some disgruntled patient and it was it was really just a gut punch, right? It was almost to the point where I was like, "Fine, we are not doing analysis finance anymore. If someone's going to abuse it like this, right? Because it's just not worth it." So, um, can you give your intel on what I just said? Because I know I didn't use any of the right terminology or what. Sure,
2: sure. I, I can't speak to specifically what happened. I know you can and all I that can. kind of stuff. I don't. I don't like to get cease and desist letters, but um, in I mean, general, Pete, what you're Pete talking seems to obviously like those. Um, <laughs> hey, a lawyer told
1: me. If
2: it's true, no one they
1: can't get sued if it's true. Well no, listen, like, the patient
0: whatever. can always decide um well, at that, any moment that there was an you know there's 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 laws that affect you know contract law that within a certain amount of time, blah blah blah. And I've had inquiries to care credit and they've they've defended me in the past. And you know, there's there's always there's always all right, whatever. Jay, to, why
1: don't you, you go ahead. I Sorry, think, I think
2: you what you're I think what you're referring to is a chargeback, which is Thank different you. than whether it's recourse or non-recourse recourse or non-recourse just refers to the fact that if the patient if we fund you and the patient doesn't pay are you on the hook as the dentist so yes. if it's if it's recourse you are if it's non-recourse you aren't we don't do any kind of non-recourse and most of the most of the other providers don't do the year, but what you're talking about is chargebacks where they can uh, they can come after you and say this form wasn't filled out right this yeah. wasn't done correctly and basically unilaterally make a determination and just jack the funds from your account. That's yeah. not something that we do. And again, irrespective thank of God. what, what happened you. or didn't happen.
1: I just want to say thank you for not, not doing that to, to us dentists. Cause that is, you talk about a kick in the, Teeth. Belly. Teeth. Yeah. <laughs> at, the core,
2: at the core, you have to be fair, right? You have to All be right. fair and that, That's what we try to do. And
1: be. so that one event was enough to make me get off my you know, that was it. That was it for me. Right. so it was on the hunt for something new and you guys just happened to like kind of pop on the scene. So anyway, um, Jay, anything in closing that, that you feel like dentists need to know, not maybe not related to the product, but like something that you're just like, you know what, when I get on this bulletproof pod, this is where (laughs) I'm
2: saying. Here I'll say, I'll say a couple of things. One is a lot of people associate patient financing with, or helping subprime patients. And in, in part that's true, but it's not the whole truth. So when we look at our portfolio, a huge chunk of it is prime patients. And you say, well, how, Jay, how does that make sense? You know, prime patients have great when credit you say scores. Prime,
1: unpack that for us, meaning so above I, we,
2: a certain we, credit score? Sure, above a certain credit score, let's say above 680 FICO, okay? okay? So typically um, you'd say, well, if someone has a very good FICO, why, Why they would need they need credit? financing? But I can tell you the data tells us otherwise. So let's say you go into your practice, you have a treatment plan of $5,000. Well, that's, I don't care how much money right. that person makes or what they have or don't have in their bank account. They have, let's say a 700 FICO. They still may need help or want help or want the flexibility. Right? Yep. So it's not just something where, oh, you know, patient financing is for you know, a lower demographic, people are, oh, I, as a dentist, oh, I don't have those type of patients. We hear that a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
2: my, and my response is always, do you have your list of unscheduled treatment for the last 90 days? You probably have in your PMS system. I would like to take a look at that because there's probably tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of dollars on that report. And to me, that report is the truth. That tells you the amount of people that walked out the door, not taking full advantage of what you prescribe. So that's the key.
1: It, I just want to comment on this because I, I love this topic. Um, and, you know, you, we all have those friends who make a tremendous amount of money who could afford it and put plop down their credit card, but tell, you'll find it. Sure. If the terms are favorable, right. Like you'll do it. And the people. So sometimes people don't present. Cause you're like, well, I didn't want to offend them. And I love this comment. Like we don't do that in our practice. Cause that's not what the kind of people we have. The people who aren't going to finance it, trust me, they will tell you as a badge of honor, meaning no, I, don't, I don't need your financing. <laughs> I'm paying in full. Okay, right? But the people who may be amenable to it, like, well, cool, well, the terms, and we'll make it easy, right? And everybody's doing it kind of thing. Like, that is such a great... So just get in that Don't judge people thinking that like, well, this person needs well, financing this. Don't just present everybody with it because the people who... Don't need it or don't want it, they will tell you and they will be. Did you see the Ferrari I came in one? Right, I don't need financing. <laughs> yeah. They save a black Amex. I don't need that. Okay. Paying full. Awesome. Yeah. You so, know? a nice way fair, to say that in, tacti-
0: <laughs> in tactical language is like, hey, and Mr. Jones, we have, you know, we have great flexible payment options to help you get the treatment you need to fit into your budget or something along that line to which the rich guy will flex and say, I don't need a payment plan. Here's my
1: credit. They'll slot the yeah, credit yeah. card down. Yeah. That's so really- a really credit card here, here, just take that yeah. credit card. Okay. Th- think right. about, think
2: about this. Think about like when you go to target, what's the first question they ask you when you're in the checkout line? Do
1: you want to target? You like,
2: card? Would you like, exactly right yeah. now do a hundred out of a hundred people say yes, no, no, but maybe 10 out of hundred do. And it's a, an extremely successful credit program, but it it gives you the consumer, the option. Even if you say no, you're happy. They gave you the option.
1: Totally. Well, no. Yeah, but yeah, I hear you. Totally. <laughs> sometimes you're like, no, I don't want any more credit cards. You know, like, that's right. But, but I hear you. I hear you, um, Jay. Awesome. I loved loved having you. Actually, we I think I got some good pearls, um, even personally about this. So it's it's uh, a it's good to have you. I appreciate you guys re- respecting our industry, supporting our industry. I appreciate you guys supporting Bulletproof because you know we're doing a we're we're supporting good people and good dentists. Um, so I, I appreciate that. Craig, anything
0: no i appreciate your uh help with the bulletproof summit and um the fact that we had people like you put us at the wind hotel versus uh uh the golden nugget down the street i know that Brian, <laughs> the four dollar prime rib dinner not to knock them is probably pretty good i'm happy that we we're able to be at the Wynn. no so.
1: inflation has made that dinner now craig 1999 so you keep saying four and it's like yeah. <laughs> you haven't kept yeah. up with your inflationary joke
0: <laughs> yes exactly Uh, Thanks for making my jokes more relevant. But anyway, we do appreciate it. And and, and I'm happy to be doing business and having supportive sponsors that we actually use
1: in our own practices.
2: Great. Well, super. Thank you guys for having me. Really appreciate and and love all what you guys do. Thank you. Thank you.
1: All right. Take care, Jay.
2: Great. Take care now.